still Tom. <laughs> uh, here we are um, with our regular scheduled podcast. Um, you know, uh, I think what are we doing bi-weekly? <clears throat> We're doing bi uh, bi yearly. And uh, it started out pretty one, good, and then the rest of it just went to shit. Yeah, well, we took a little break. It's like, um, you know, you're you're working through. Uh, there's just a gap. Make people want it. Yeah, well, I think we're uh, we're over two on those. But um, I think, yeah, I don't know what to tell anymore. But I'm this, just, uh, I'm, I'm just here because you made me be here. I uh, I found out that Devin is 22 years old. Yeah, uh, that's the subject of this podcast, Devin Worley, and uh-huh. her band. Uh, Jason yeah. Medvek, and yeah. what did you make of the conversation? Uh, they were super cool. She was um, down to earth. Um, you could tell that uh, she's been uh, in the business industry for a long time, very comfortable around um, everybody. Yeah, I thought it was in- very enjoyable. You? Yeah, I liked it. I, I Well, it's the first time... I think from a traveling standpoint, to record in the uh, garage mahal, Jason called it, his bar inside of his garage. Right. And and to be drinking his big wood beers, and then to go into the Bat Cave uh, where he records their music and see Devin uh, trying out Immigrant Song in its early phase was pretty, it was pretty rock and roll. Uh, for us, I, I loved it. I agree. Yeah, I never sat there before and listened to somebody record or, you know, just work on the uh, work on a song. I set up in his garage socially, and then downstairs. I mean, he's got a pretty pretty uh, tricked out studio downstairs. That was I, I'd never done that before. I never sat and listened to you know top level musicians you know work on music. Yeah, it's uh, it's a different life they live, that's for sure. And it was fun to get a glimpse of it. Without further ado, this is episode five of Can You Keep a Secret? The Devin Worley Band. You you really do knit? Yeah, I do. I'm I'm working on a cardigan right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's for your boyfriend? You can toss him in a goddamn cardigan? Hey, hey, this Poor is, sucker. Hey, hold on, rock star. So how, how yeah. are you wow. So tell me about the cardigan. Um, well, it's very fun. I, I picked out a very fun yarn. It's got lots of colors. It's called confetti. Here you so it's, go. got, it's got lots of colors in it. Uh, confetti makes sense. Though. Yeah. Very fun. How long does a cardigan take to um, knit? A while, because you have to make the different parts and then sew them together. So wow. I just started it on Monday, the day of my crash. I started it and had it with me in the car on my way to work, because I like to knit while I do virtual lessons when I'm in the school. Hopefully not when you were driving. That'd be a bad report for them. No, no, I was not knitting and driving. I'm not that much of a bad boy. You got a K-N-U-I. Knitting and driving. Well, we got to welcome you first. Um, we like to do little intros for our guests. And I was reading on your site. I, I like whoever wrote this. Pay attention. The country music world is changing. The current country fan is ready for something more aggressive soulful and edgy meet the band that defines that 
movement. So we're here with Devin Worley, Jason Medvek from the Devin Worley Band, and this is Can You Keep a Secret, where we basically are going to ask you hopefully a bunch of questions that not everybody else is going to ask you. Um, uh -oh. you know, I love it. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, we got to, I mean, knitting is a good You're about start. to be very let down. <laughs> it's all right. We got love plenty it. of time. Love it. Hey, um, so you were just in a car crash. So literally I text Jason, hey, are we still doing the podcast tomorrow? He goes, Devin just got in a car crash. He's going to the emergency room, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. So tell us, I know, I'm, I know you already told this story, but I wasn't here, so what, what the hell happened? Um, well, I was on my way to work. Just I literally work 14 minutes away from my house. That's what Siri tells me every day when I get in my car, so I'm not sure if that's completely factual or if she's lying to me. But it's 14 minutes away. I was on my way, and I was just driving, and I got to an intersection, and when I was coming up on it, the light was red, and it turned green as I was getting close, so I was in the middle of speeding up, and I made it halfway through the intersection, and some lady who was trying to turn left tried to whip out and make the turn before I came through and didn't make it, and yeah. Is your car late? Oh, it's completely totaled. The whole thing is wrecked. So it's time for car shopping. Yay. But what was it like with the airbags? The airbags were terrifying. For a yeah. second, I thought my car was going to blow up. Right. <laughs> like, because I hit it super hard, and one of the airbags went off right by my ear, and it, like, yeah. like I couldn't really hear anything for a hot second, and I was just sitting there, like, dazed. And because the airbags went off, it was all filled with that, like, powder and, like, there was smoke inside the car and stuff from the airbags. And I was sitting there looking around, and I was like, my car is going to blow up. My car is going to blow up. My car is going to blow up. And I opened the door and, like, had to awkwardly, like, shove my side and my butt out the door to, like, crawl underneath the airbag by my window. And I was sitting there standing in the parking lot. And the cop came up to me, and he was like, ma'am are you okay and I looked at him and went I don't know <laughs> he was like are you injured and I was like I don't know I don't think so my arm hurts I don't know if it's bad or not I can't tell and right. he was like do we need to call an ambulance and I went I don't think so and he went why don't you go have a seat <laughs> so so I'm gonna wind you back um we had this pandemic shenanigans we're currently sitting in a bar that you guys built during the pandemic um, Good work, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, handy, handy. Um, yeah, I did so this, much. Is this black walnut? The, uh, so you were going to, you're, you're working with, I guess, Lucas Nelson's folks, and you were going to have a tour was coming up, potentially. Um, I had visions of you smoking pot with Willie Nelson or in Hawaii. Or... So did I. <laughs> Me too. So, it's nice to have dreams. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> you so, you so, didn't have visions of smoking pot with Willie Nelson? If you're going to smoke pot with anybody, who the hell would you smoke pot to. with? Yeah, Dude, Santa Claus would smoke pot with Willie Nelson, right? <laughs> Fair. So Actually, would Gandhi or the Pope. Way. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't? When you have the chance... You don't yeah. say no. That's you like can't a, turn it down. If Willie Nelson walked in this room right now and was like, I want you to smoke this with me, you'd be like, yes, sir. Anything else? You need me to rob that bank down the street? I can do that for you, Mr. Willie Nelson. Makes Tell sense. me to jump. I'll say how high. Like, you Makes can't sense. say no to that man. I, uh, so um, Tom and I toured the, um, what was the place called uh, downtown? We went to the that 9,000-seat venue um, Oh, the, the armory. The armory, yeah. And we're just music fans, and we were like, yeah. like the feeling of, 
wanting that, you know, wanting to be in that room. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today. Springsteen was talking about maybe 2022 until we're shoulder to shoulder. And I'm thinking, holy crap. Yeah, Kenny Chesney just announced yesterday that he was canceling all of 2021. So tell us what it's like as artists, people that your whole energy comes from sharing what you have with people. What's it been like to be locked out? It's been hard. It's been really hard. And it sucks because, you know, you understand why, especially like these big names are pulling out because, you know, you don't want to be the person that has a show and has people come out. And then all of a sudden there are a bunch of cases spiking from them all being together at your show. You don't want that on you. You don't want that to happen to others. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I miss it. I don't like it. I don't know if you can tell just from this small conversation, but I love attention. And I don't like not being able to go on stage, play with my band, interact with people, you know, have that sort of connection with an audience. I mean, you get hooked on that pretty fast, pretty easy, and then not having it all of a sudden for a year and a half. It's just like, I don't know what to do with myself anymore. What what has changed? Have you found yourself... uh, Are you... Are you... I mean, you're knitting. Yeah, I was going to say the knitting really caught me. I am knitting. Attention. Yeah, I am knitting. No, we've um, we've been really lucky though, where we can still get together and play music, and you know, spend time as a band together. And we've managed to play a couple of shows sprinkled here and there throughout the last year now. But you know. It's hard because so much of what we do relies on that interaction with people. And so we've been trying to find different ways to still have that connection and still have that with our fans. Like at the beginning of the shutdown, we did a live streaming series of concerts that we called uh, the, what was it? The Totally totally Real real. 100% Not Fake World Tour. Each show, we pretended to be in a different country, and we bring different like props yeah. and things that were from that place. And then we'd all we play the show, and during it, people could chime in and try to guess where we were. And then you know, it was super fun. It was great, but finding little things like that and getting to rehearse, getting to write, getting to spend time together as a band and work on ourselves, I think has helped us out a lot. Um, hey Tom, at any point if you want to, you can cut me off. I'm just going to go. No, I want you to keep rolling. <laughs> hey, I, I want to do a oh, little I'm more. I'm just going to sit here and drink big wood and just, <laughs> just chime in when I should. Uh, Drinking I, beer. I, I want to talk a little more about Willie because um, I know you. It sounds like redheaded stranger is burned into the, your double helix of your DNA. That good word, by the way. Oh, absolutely, helix. that was a great sentence. I love uh, the construction. I'm trying to again, trying to. John Nitz words record a song for me someday, but the um, <laughs> but talk a little bit about Willie and I, as I understand it, you met him once you had some interaction with him right so. yes I did I got to meet him at a show at the zoo I went on the side stage and he signed my posters and my ticket and my shirt and then he stole my sharpie and I was so happy <laughs> that I cried couldn't even help it. <laughs> What what uh what are your some of your favorite tracks off that record? Oh, that's so hard to tell. It's so hard to pick them. Um, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain is probably my favorite Willie Nelson song ever. But just the Redheaded Stranger, I think, is fantastic. 
I, what I love about that album in general and a lot of what Willie Nelson did is I love that it's a concept album. So you're supposed to listen to it from beginning to end because it helps tell a story. Each song goes into the next one with a purpose. The lyrics are meaningful. It's all constructed to be listened to in one go-round, but all of the songs you can listen to independently and they're still phenomenally written. It's one of my favorite things ever. He's just such a talented lyricist and songwriter that I really love listening to it. It's actually great with the, you know, with the vinyl coming back. I think that whole concept is coming back a little bit where people actually want to listen to a full album, you know, and like flip it over and listen to it, you know, listen to it front to back. And <clears throat> You remember growing up, you would know when one song ended, you would you would be able to basically pick up the beats that were about to come from the next one. It was just it was yep. muscle memory. And oh, it was yeah. all in order. Yep. And and you used to I think that's I would I'm curious as a band, um uh not related to you, but uh Justin Bieber just had a record come out in the last week, right? And and uh my kids were listening to it and deciding if they thought it was good or not. Um, similarly, Kings of Leon a couple weeks ago. But now these bands, they have three singles out before the record, mm -hmm. right? So, so when the record comes out, now the person listening to the album to decide if it's good is, is they're not giving you any credit for the three songs they already like. They're ju judging what's left on the record, if it's a good album or not. It's so different. I mean, do you try to do the old school album first song, like really thinking through the order of the tracks and we did on sunrise for sure yeah. um our our record before this last ep that we did yeah sunrise was very much kind of a concept record um and we tried to think about it like that you know and the songs that were written were basically about our lives i mean everything in there is basically about our lives yeah you know with exception of hangman yes Suicide Cell. That one's just fun. It's what? And Suicide Cell. Oh, and Suicide Cell. Yeah, that Those was about somebody are, else. Like, Those are just about fun. Bonnie and Clyde. Well, I was laughing. Yeah, right. I listened to that today, and the first <clears> song, <throat> unless I'm wrong, Wrecked and Mended is Wrecked and Mended. Is that the first yeah. track? Yeah. So I was just laughing. I'm like, she just got in a car crash. <laughs> I'm running. I'm running in the rain down the block, and I'm like, so oh, Wrecked and Mended. Slow. Right in the rain. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm putting in about an 11 minute mile. Um, <laughs> it's all right though. It's rainy. Um, so, so it started for you at 11, or was it earlier? Like, I mean, um, this Colgate Country Showdown, which is that the toothpaste? Yeah. Colgate? Yeah. Awesome. Very fancy, I know. Yeah, that's a big Whoa. deal. Now, I um, I would say Russia, that Russia. I <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I started. Uh, the motions of professional singing when I was 11. I mean, I always sang. I was always doing stuff. My dad always says that um, it's not getting her to sing that's the problem, it's getting her to shut up. Very lovingly, I will add that. The tone of his voice was always very caring, despite the words. But when I was 11, that's when I really was like, no, this is something that I love to do. And I was super lucky because both my parents were really supportive. My mom literally would go out of her way to just find anywhere where I could do anything. So I did a lot of like county fair contests and musicals and plays. And I was in opera for like eight years. And I, anywhere there was a stage or singing or something, 
my mom was like, get in the car, we're going, we're going to put this to use. And I was like, sweet. And the first time that I really performed on stage and sang, I was like, this is awesome. I want to do it forever. And then I just did. And I didn't do anything else. <laughs> did you guys get into all the, like the voice, American Idol, the America's Got Talent? Were you ever, I, cause I remember hearing something, I don't know if it was true, was that maybe you were in one of those circles um, for a bit. But I, is that true? Did you try out for that stuff? Um, there have been a couple of times where we've been reached out to and, you know, asked if we would come on. We went to, like, a few of the more regional, you know, less super tense auditions, and I've never really enjoyed them very much. I've never really been too interested in doing the show thing, you know, the TV show thing. I... I like this project that we're doing and the band that I have now because we are a band and we work together as a unit and we're all writing and coming up with stuff together and whenever we're on stage it's together as a group. I don't like the idea of me just going off and doing that. I like the group project. I don't want to be a solo artist where it's just, there's Devin Worley. I want the band. I want my guys. I want my boys. I, well, I want to ask a related question. Like, I mean, were they called the jugs? Is that what these, when you were 11 and you, the way the, the article reads, it's like you were wandering in a country music forest. And these, you just plucked them <laughs> off the trees? Yeah, like these men with like squeeze boxes and, you know. That is not a bad analogy for what happened, so honestly. Who are the, like no. the jugs, and are they related to the jugs? Yeah, so jug was a national, like a, a, What's the word? Why am I blanking on the word? A local band. That's it. I know English. Don't ask. (laughs) But um, Jug was a local band, and when I was 11, we were doing the Colgate Country Showdown, which is a singing contest, and we found out that you got, like, bonus points if you did an original song, and we were like, well... Now we have to do an original because both my mother and I are very competitive. And so we reached out to a friend of ours who owned a music shop. His name was Corey Lake. And Corey Lake hooked us up with a guy named Corey White who fronted or worked in Jug and played with them and sang for them. And we got together with him and started writing an original song for this show. And he was like, hey, if you want to record it, we can write the karaoke track for it. I've got my band. We could record it. And we started doing that. And then we were like, hold up. What if the band just played with us? We just took them with. So we did. And we ended up making it to, what, regionals? Like, right before the last step, we lost at the Corn Palace. Ooh, in South Dakota? Yeah. Mitchell, fancy. We lost to a guy from Nebraska, and to this day, I, you know, I've got a grudge. I'm holding a grudge. Do you remember? I hate name? Nebraska, too, no. by the way. <clears throat> I can't stand Nebraska, and it has nothing to do with the things in Nebraska or the people or the places. It's the actual physical land of the state Nebraska. I can't tolerate it. They lie to me when we're on the bus. If we're parked in Nebraska, they'll tell me we're in Iowa or Kansas or something, and they won't tell me we were in Nebraska until we've left. Um, wow. <laughs> question at that... Very interesting. Tangent. Look at very, very uh, 
Yeah. Very tangy. Passion for it's the, the soil yeah. of Nebraska. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I have some other Nebraska. I've never story. attacked Nebraska like that. But. There, are, there have been a couple of incidents in Nebraska, and I'm very much a creature motivated by spite. So I could also be thanking Nebraska because a big part of my fire comes from hating the state. Also, thank you to the college radio station in Omaha who keeps spinning our tunes. We, we love, love you. <laughs> good city, Omaha. Yeah. Got a good USHL hockey team there. Good city, bad state. <laughs> so I, uh, when I was listening I like um, it. to your stuff and going through it, and um, it's between Jason's guitar and your voice, um, it's very clear. You can do, you can do whatever. I mean, you can, you can hit the notes. You can, you can, you can do it. So I'm, I'm curious, like, um, and I, I want to get into the type of country that you are because it's really different but um, as artists uh, and it goes all the way back to that first Colgate show doing the original because it was better to do the original but how do you how do you think through making your own stuff it's all original it's your stories your truth or in this world of country music even though you're very different it is a world where they can go holy she can sing anything and he can play anything and here you go. This is what you're going to play and sing, and it's going to be on the radio this summer. I'm just curious because it's a pretty. You guys can do it all. So do you? Is that like a two if you plug into the Nashville world and do that versus a ten if it's all your own? Well, like I was saying earlier, it's really important to me that this is a band. It's a group project, not just a solo person. So it's always been really important to me to get everybody involved in the songwriting process. And that really makes it easier to come out with new music, to come out with fun stuff that's different, that's, you know, exciting, that has its own spin on it, that sounds like us as a band, because sometimes... I'll just be sitting at the piano and I'll send out a song to everyone like, hey, this might suck, but what do you think? Or Jason will send us a song start, be like, I started this riff here, what do you think? Or it's happened like once or twice where Grant uh, Grant Thielen, our drummer, has texted us, or texted me and gone, I've got this cool song lyric, I don't know, it might be nothing, but see where we go with it. Or, you know, stuff like that has happened. And we all work on it together, which... I honestly would rather do 15 times out of 10 versus, you know, letting someone go, well, you can sing this. He can play it. Well, yeah. we'll give you this song. It doesn't really feel like us. And that's what I always have wanted for this project. Yeah, I think you're, you got the outlaw side. You can feel it in everything. So I kind of knew the answer, but I, I only asked that because um, the voice and and then the, the, the guitar playing, I mean, it's like, it's just so versatile. I mean, it's a lot of people, they only have this much range, right? Where it's like, oh, they could do this. But then every once in a while, there's people that can do it all. So I just, but it, clearly the original stuff is, well, is thank the passion. You. Um, I, uh, a couple kiss ass. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me show you my Devin move. <laughs> I want to I, I talk about the type of music you're making because. I love country, um, and I don't know how to qu quantify. I don't know what to call it. So I was trying to figure it. I wrote down uh, fierce country. I wrote down black leather jacket country. Um, 
it's different, and that's kind of what your website says at the mm -hmm. beginning. But when you're mixing Zeppelin and Willie, what, what genre are you in? It's cool. What was our saying we, for the recording of Sunrise Resistance? Our uh, we our little phrase we've coined is Prairie Rock, like Southern Rock kind of ish, but really mainly it's like Southern Rock is what we're kind of doing right now, country ish rock. Not even necessarily country anymore. I would argue yeah. that it's our own brand. I mean, yeah. you know, we're kind of doing something. Um, you know, we we do our records down in Nashville, and our producer um, was is the guy who produced Lee Bryce, Kelly Pickler. Um, he had a CMA Song of the Year with "I Drive Your Truck." If you know what song that is from yeah. Lee Bryce, and he produced that uh, what was it "Hard to Love" record, right? Yeah. Um, which is very straight up mainstream country and. Every time we've been down there recording with him, he's like, I, I don't know where, where where to put you guys. He goes, I don't know what to call you. And and that's cool to me because yeah, he cool. called us <clears throat> the heart of country. So not like the not like the heart of country, but the heart band, like you know, Nancy oh, yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, Nancy Wilson, uh, Ann Wilson, th that band of country. Because that's kind of what we do. It's kind of a little more rock but we've got a tender side too and we've got some slow songs and that's kind of what heart did and you know with a super powerful um you know female vocalist fronting the band and basically a guitar driven band you know i mean we're we're a four-piece band that's what we are you know we don't most most country music acts and we play with a lot of them on the road and most of them are you know seven eight nine pieces on stage and you see a guy standing up there with a guitar not playing half of the night because his part isn't you know it's not his time to play his part or whatever it's not his turn. we're always playing like all of us are always playing because yeah so i don't know I, it's hard to it's hard to describe but i think that's a good spot to be in because i've always had the belief that you have to do something different um in order to you know, in order to make a statement, in order to have longevity in this business, you have to be, you know, if you look at Queen or Zeppelin, that you could tell their sound when you heard their song start. Yeah. You know, um, and there's there's a tremendous amount of other examples, but um, heart, you know, you could tell when they, when it sounded like them, it sounded like a band. And that's what we're going for. So hopefully we're different. That's where all the good stuff is when it's <clears> different. Um, I want to talk. The only thing I can compare you to, um, Devin, is when I was coming up, um, Johnny Lang was uh, was emerging. And he was probably 14 years old. And he used to play the caboose. And it was really weird because he was basically Stevie Ray Vaughan. So like when he would play... And the way he sounded, it was it was Stevie Ray Vaughan in the body of a 14-year-old. And he would sit on the stage at the caboose with his girlfriend, and they couldn't drink, and they would sit there while they were on set break. And then when he was playing, he would walk down the bar with his guitar, and he was Stevie Ray Vaughan at 14 years old. And and with you, um, it's like your, your voice, it's like, you know, Janis Joplin got stuck inside of a, you know... Um, 
Thank a you. much younger person. He's a so, kiss ass. Thank so. you very much. I will take these any day. So. You shut your mouth because I want him to keep talking, okay? But, but I'm, I'm liking I'm this. Gonna, I'm just going to sit here and drink. I'm sorry. I'm enjoying this. I'm sorry. Let me have it. I'm sure it's real. Sorry. Um, we're all going to smoke pot with Willie Nelson in the end, Tom. Just let me know. Yes. But so the, the, I'm uh, the buzzkill. Sorry. But how do you, when you're young, when you, so you've been doing this since you were young, uh, it's a classic question. I'm sure you've been asked this before, but how do you, how do you, you know, when you're trying to, you're singing about heavy stuff, and I guess part of your answer is it's a band, it's band stories, not just your story. How do you, uh, um, how do you balance your life experiences with your writing, um, having really been a performer for so long since you were young? Um. Well, I actually think that starting so young was really helpful with that stuff. I always say that um, I started so young so I never learned to be embarrassed about things. So I would do ridiculous crazy dances on stage and I'd sit there and do the Charleston and like make faces of people in the audience or write songs or work on stuff and just kind of go for it with no breaks because at first I didn't really even think that that was something that I needed to be holding back on or be self-conscious of so when it comes to writing and you know putting pen to paper about the experiences that I've had and about the things that I do and the things that I've seen and some of the more heavy topics it's still kind of in my head like just go for it just do it this song's real sad so we're gonna make it real sad are you grown men ready to cry like this is what that's just one thing that I've never really had to think about you know I didn't have that level of comfort that I had to set for myself or, you know, kind of pull myself up to because I started so young. I didn't even know that I could be embarrassed about the things I did on stage until I was well into high school. And by that point, it was too late for me. (laughs) Um, Well, it's like you used to say, you know, when we were on stage before Apollo, you know, a lot of the, a lot of times you write from experiences in your life. And when you're that young, it's like you, you have a limited amount to draw from you know mm-hmm. and uh you know i remember when we would play like back in 2017 and stuff you know right after sunrise came out um we do apollo which is one of the slower songs on sunrise thing song five or something anyway um and you would say so you know i i needed to write a love song but i had never really been in love before and so i wrote a love song about my tour bus yeah so that song's and about the bus? It's about my bus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah, so, you know, I've always been really comfortable writing about my life and my experiences, because even if it's something like that that I've never done before, I can go, okay, what have I done that is kind of similar? And then go, all right, how can I make this work? And just kind of roll with it. That's great. Can You Keep a Secret is sponsored by Workplace IT. These guys are out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They're an IT service provider for small businesses. Basically, 100 computers or less would make you a small business. They work with hundreds of companies from Reno to Toronto, and they like to think of themselves more as an IT wellness organization. What does that mean? It means they're going to manage the entire ecosystem for you and make sure it's stable and secure. That's Workplace IT, the evolved approach 
to IT. We're also sponsored by the Minnesotan. This is my favorite bespoke retailer. I like to use the word bespoke because it's just a fancy way of saying a place with a bunch of one-of-a-kind hand-picked items. They have nostalgia inside, whether it's a Rice Street Rocker t-shirt or a Thunderbird Hotel t-shirt. They've got party shirts from Roosevelt. I have some. You're literally wearing a conversation piece. But it is summertime. We're coming up on Memorial Day this weekend. You're thinking about those boat snacks, so don't forget your clothes. Get into the Minnesotan, buy some polos, trunks, shorts, sunglasses, so that you can do your little turn on the pontoon. And Father's Day is coming up. It's going to be the same weekend as the U.S. Open in late June. Don't give Dad a crap gift. Give him something awesome from the Minnesotan. It's right on 4th Street and White Bear or at theminnesotan.com. All right, now we're going to get back to the show. But before we do, you simply have to hear the Devin Worley Band's cover of Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. If you were mildly interested in this young woman and her bandmates after hearing what they do with this cover, not an easy mountain to climb, I might add. I think we will have your full attention momentarily. This is Immigrant Song by the Devon Worley Band. Bye. 
Um, I want to, so uh, sometimes uh, when guys will get together, they'll say, you know, what if you could be anything, if you could be a, it's, I love those songs, if you could be a star yeah. athlete, um, rock star, whatever, you know, <laughs> professional this or that, what would you be? And for me, it's a no-brainer, a musician. And I want to, can I explain what I think it's like on the road? Absolutely, And then Please you do. tell me how accurate I am. I love it when people do this. Okay, I don't Please. think I'm right. Um, but here's why I think it would be cool to be a touring musician. Um, first of all, a little bit of the Bon Jovi video, um, Wanted Dinner Alive, Steel Horse I Ride. Okay, so I'm coming into a new city. Uh, typically, I think we, we sleep till... I think we sleep till like one. We have one, I think we only eat technically one meal a day. We have like a big meal in the afternoon. Um, we maybe like go around to like somebody knows a cool coffee shop or a cool record store and we like are doing that. Then we have the show, which is essentially exercise. So I don't have to like go on a run. Like I, I basically Slow. sweat. I sweat and uh, you're and killing I, our management I, right now. Yeah, she's not liking that. She wants a double workout during the day. Workout before Super you go workout. She's got the calipers. Oh yeah. Um, but but so so then extra for you. So you exercise. You basically you do your show, and then you party. And then you kind of sleep till one and you do it again. Maybe you wake up and you're in a new city. And I think John watched that, the movie is that, Dirt. Is, is that's, that that's very accurate. That's very accurate. That's very accurate. Very accurate. You're just, what you're missing is the... Is it that the, good or what, what sucks? What is better no, than that? You're, you are very close. What you're missing are the awkward days where you're just sitting on the bus doing nothing. Okay. Or when, you know, you roll into a gas station because everyone has to go to the bathroom and yeah. you all, like, walk in in your pajamas. Or the amount of time you spend in a Walmart parking lot. Like, you're missing the kind of duller aspects of it. Yeah. I mean, you got all the big ones. The good stuff is right. The, the, yeah. Just a whole bunch of space. There's a whole bunch of, like, random space that, like, just exists in limbo. Where you're not really doing anything, but you're not doing nothing, and you're just kind of waiting. See, I thought that random space was like people in spandex and slow motion, like doing kicks. Uh, like Jamie, can we get on that? Stuff. <laughs> can we get on that? I want that. That sounds that sounds a lot more fun than a KOA. I just gotta say that right now. <laughs> and this this is an old article, but probably. But this Chuck Norris coffee is that still part of the routine or no? Um, it is still part of my routine. So yes. what is that? This I need, and this helps on the road. Yeah. Well, sure for me personally, Chuck I mean, Norris it's more coffee. of a spiritual experience for me every morning at the gas station making my specialty coffee. Okay, break coffee. it down for our listeners. All right, so when you go into the gas station... It has to be a gas station. It's best if it's at a Super America, all right? You can do it at other gas stations, but the Super America is really where it shines. Okay. But you go in, and you get a cup, and you get a cup of coffee, but you only fill it halfway up. Bonus points if you get the extra caffeinated or extreme caffeinated coffee. Yep. And then you fill it up the rest of the way with the vanilla um, cappuccino. Okay, from the machine. From thing. the machine. The one with the button where it squirts like a bunch of powder first before the yep, coffee yep, starts yep. coming out. Half and half that. So you use the, the vanilla latte instead of a creamer. Doesn't have to be vanilla, but that one's my favorite. So if you and don't then, do that, I'll be very upset. Are we stirring it with like a stir stick? 
Uh, it's liquid. It'll get there. Okay. You don't okay, have to so do anything fancy. You just put the lid on. Don't be so eventually tight. it'll. <laughs> eventually it'll all be the same thing. Texas Walker Ranger was not that uptight. So. Chuck Norris, can I get a can I get a stir stick? Sometimes and I just a, forget the lid. Chuck up. Norris would never ask for a stir stick. Oh. Texas Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Chuck. Just Matt so, so Jason, I have questions like about you that are not necessarily DWB. Do you, uh, it's because I want to do that if you want to do that. But if you want me just to stay on Devin Worley Band. You can go wherever you want. Okay, well, i got to do this for Tom. So Tom wants to talk about We Bay. talked about this earlier. Okay, so Bay City Rollers. Uh, okay. Uh, so my Okay, so I don't even know any. I think it's so awesome when I thought that. I don't know a single song, but apparently well, everybody funny. else in the world does. So, is it true you were basically um, John Frusciante, Chili Peppers, just a, a guitar virtuoso on the side of the road, and the Bay City Rollers just picked you up mm-hmm. and just put you in like the Joey pouch of the kangaroo? At the time, <laughs> I was that skinny. And took yes. you around, and took you around you the know? world. And, like took you around the world. <laughs> That's what I have in my head about Well, that's what he said earlier. Uh, I think no matter what he says, that's the correct answer. Yeah, you were like a stud young guitar guy, and you got into this juggernaut. Homeless. (laughs) Bumbling about. Give us a a little bass. Give us a little... Um, taste. Yeah, so yeah, I did. I did do that. I uh, I played in the band for about three years, and um, it was it's quite an interesting story how that all happened, and and it is true. It's uh, it's about who you know and who knows you, because um, yeah, it was just a it was kind of a fluke how it happened, but I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and they came over. They were all from the UK, so actually Edinburgh, Scotland. And um, and which we were supposed to go to last year. That's exactly we, why I married an axe murderer. Yeah, where Mike Myers does a S A T. Yeah, that makes sense now. Vegas. Sorry. Yeah. So no, it was they all came over to the United States for a U.S. tour without their guitar player, and I just happened to know the tour manager who had that gig in. He called me and he's like, "Hey, you want to do this tour?" Well, that turned into a lot of tours. So that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, all over the world, actually. So you know, from Australia to New Zealand to India to Thailand to Europe to UK, and I lived over in England for about a year and with the band and rehearsed over there and you know did did that whole thing and U.S. and Canada twice, three times, something like that. So that's awesome. So, so great. So both of you, you get to play one show anywhere. It can be a place you haven't played, or it can be a place you've played and you just think it is the best. You got one, it's like your last show. I know what Jason's oh, your picking. Uh, I, I got three. I know you've got it three. It could be a city, it could be a venue. I, I have well, three what? venues that I want to play. I'm going to get a beer while you're saying it. Go so ahead. do three. I want to play First Avenue. Oh God! Mm-hmm. I so I was supposed to play First Avenue. We were booked at First Avenue with the Rollers. We were supposed to come here, and the date fell through. I was really bummed because I've, First Avenue is by far my favorite place to see a live show. Period. End of conversation. I love it. So First Avenue, I definitely want to play Red Rocks at some point. That would be like amazing. And then 
either the Ryman Auditorium or the Grand Old Opry. Yep, yep. But that's just those are my three four. It's hard. It's hard hard for me to pick one. If I had to pick one, I'd be First Avenue. First Avenue is perfect for your band because. I call it a black spray paint venue. Like uh-huh. every year, they get like ten boxes of black spray paint. Like we got it. We got to touch gotta get it up. Ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. I probably just gave you all COVID. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, There's a very good sound effect. It sounded. Like it sounded real, fantastic. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Very, what's your spot? Very believable. Um, I would say definitely first half. Um, we gotta make that happen. The Troubadour. I would yeah, love to play the Troubadour, you know, okay, where Elton John had his now. first show in the United States. And that's where, where he levitated over the yeah, crowd, didn't he, yeah. from what I could tell. Yeah. His legs kicked out. Anyway. No, but I, I would love to play the Troubadour. I would love to play Red Rocks. Um, there, there are just so many places. But I would say my top two would be First Ave and the Troubadour, just for the history. Just for, you know, I mean... The Eagles basically started at the Troubadour. Linda Ronstadt started her career there. Elton John played his first show in the States at the Troubadour. You know, and it, Prince started Prince at First started, Ave. Yeah, Prince started at First Ave. There's, there's so many amazing bands that had their starts in those places. I'd love to play them just to, you know, s- steal a little bit of that magic, you know? Yeah, well, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. What, uh, who's on your... Um, like your musical Mount Rushmore, when you think of, uh, and I don't mean it just as a fan, um, like you like them, but when you think about you guys being artists yourself, who uh, who are you paying attention to the most as influences or as people that inspire you? Um, who's on your musical Mount Rushmore? You first, or me? Ah. <laughs> okay, you went first on the last one, and that was a tricky question, too. Okay. Let me think. Don't rush me. Okay. It's all right. We'll cool. cut out. We'll cut out the This downtime. is this is stressful. We, we can edit. This is hard. Okay. Um, Led Zeppelin. I know they're a band, but the whole of them are going up there. They deserve it. Yep. Uh, I think. Well, Willie Nelson definitely. Um. Then I would say. Um. <laughs> He's like, He's like, ah! Um. What about the ladies? Uh, I would say Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. And, um... Come on. Ah! He's so mad that you're forgetting something. Mm-hmm. And... There's so many people. I know. That's the problem. There's so I've many people. Got... That's the problem. Uh, Tom Cochran? <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um... Boz Skaggs? <laughs> Ronnie Millsap. Shalimar? <laughs> I like that. Um, Stevie Nicks would have to go up there for me. Fleetwood yeah. Mac. Is that the one? Nicks era. That's the okay. one. I was yeah. like, oh my God, Devin. Did on. you see the movie in the theater? The Stevie Nicks movie? No. It was just out? Huh? You could go to the movie theater during COVID Where? and see a concert film of Stevie Nicks. I went and wiped Marcus. her leg. Or really? whatever, Oakdale maybe. Yeah, Mother! It was we're leaving. Great. We have to go. We're going to Oakdale. No, no, no. It's not now. It's not, it's done. I think. But it was uh, her most recent tour. Or well, then I've got a lot of digging to do if I want to pirate this off the internet. I've got yeah, a lot gotta to figure it. out. It's, it's I've got to find this. John's your guy. How about you, Jason? What's uh, who there? Are you? There are honestly so many, and it changes. And I have to to be honest, I have different things for different reasons. So, like being a t- guitar player, I have some like guitar heroes 
um, that I, I look up to. Yeah, well, it's not the game. This is real life. But, I mean, Zeppelin is definitely my favorite band ever, for sure, without a doubt. I learned, I mean, my, my style is kind of like that because I listened to Jimmy Page and everything that he did when I was a kid. You know, Eddie Van Halen, same. I, I listened to everything that he did. I listened to a lot of what Queen did, you know, growing yeah. up. And honestly, Motley Crue is a favorite band of mine too. I, yeah. I, my parents uh, were not too happy when they heard me blast and shout at the devil in my bedroom when I was a kid. So, um, <clears throat> but Guitar hero-wise, Steve Lukather is one of my favorite players, Warren Haynes, um, and Jack White is even freaking yep. crazy good, and The Edge is crazy good, and they just, I like the guys who created their own style, you know, I think more than anything. Oh, I just, just personal question, do you, do you, Greta Van Fleet, do you hate them because they're like derivative as people say or do you are you just like hey stuff that sounds like led zeppelin i don't hate greta van fleet i i like like greta van fleet honestly and to be honest they're different they're different they're more a lot of people a lot of people say they sound like led zeppelin but go listen to freaking fly by night or caress of steel the early rush records yep and that dude's voice and the way he sings lyrics sounds exactly like Getty Lee back in those days, honestly. Well, and on top of it, if you've got a band with kids that young, you know, that is sounding like Led Zeppelin or like Rush, then they're talented as all get out and they're pretty rad. Like, I don't know why you would be upset with a band that can mimic that sound so beautifully while still writing their own original songs and their own music. Like, it's impressive. The people who are like, it's derivative. It's like, okay, well, then you do it. Show me how easy it is to be another band like that the way that they are, because I I don't think they could. I've always admired um, musicians who have been, or who have a band surrounding them, because it's not, then it's not just the guitar player or whatever. I'm not into those kind of, like, you know, do I look at Joe Satriani or Steve Vai or somebody who goes up there, or Eric Johnson, or somebody who just goes and plays guitar and there's no real lyrics to any of the songs, it's just a big guitar mageddon going on? Um, yeah, I listen to that once in a while and I don't mind that, but those are not my favorite guitar players. My favorite guitar players are the ones who play within the confines of a band because what, what they play or don't play affects the sound of the band and that's always been my favorite and you know so i don't know i just I love that i uh <clears throat> we'll, we'll go like five more minutes i know you want to get down to the studio and if you don't mind i'd like to watch some of that too of course you're more than I welcome i don't get to see that a lot so you I, have to um, keep complimenting me while you're down there though all right you know what do we got right? for let's <laughs> <laughs> notice how we just um, breezed over that i'll just i'm gonna do a compliment but it's not the question just okay. to keep you interested thank you that's amazing that you're a black belt in martial arts where do you find the time Devin? okay um, <laughs> so let's 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 talk a thank little you. Let's, thank you <laughs> let's talk a little bit about mom I, uh, I think it's cool. Your your manager, uh, you know, you really. Um, I'd like to hear about uh, your relationship and Jamie's sitting here with us. Full disclosure, but uh, but no, I, I do. Uh, I get to answer I, this question yeah, after yeah, though. Do, after they answer the question, I think it's cool. I I think family 
bands are a family, but if you look at Greta Van Fleet's brothers, Kings of Leon brothers, and it's like, I mean, it's family. So I'd love to hear what it's like, and I'd love to hear from, you know, from looking at it from the outside. What it's like. <laughs> um, well, it's definitely a little weird, but it's also very <laughs> awesome. Like, um, people always look at me funny because I switch between calling her Jamie and calling her mom, which was a habit I picked up when I was like 12 or 13 because we'd be at bars at shows and I'd be working and the manager would come up to me and be like, hey, who do I give the check to? And at first I would just be like, oh, my mom, she's right over there. And then I was like, that sounds weird. Like, give the money to my mom, please. Like, I don't want that. So I'd be like, oh, give it to our manager, Jamie. She's right over there. So I have this weird flip switch in my brain where I'm talking about Jamie or I'm saying mom. <laughs> like, I'll do it in the same sentence, too. I'll be like, Jamie said that we have to be at bus call at noon. Mom, are you still there? Is that still the thing? Like, I do it in the same sentence, but it's been really great. Because I know that there's no one else out there managing the band who would take care of it as well as she does, who cares enough and, you know, isn't trying to scam us in any way. Like, she's looking out for all of us. It's, like I said, it's weird, but it's a good weird. So, okay, to finish, so our listeners, um, they've maybe heard of you guys, uh, you're, you're still on your ascent, um, if, if you were going to have them listen to a couple of your songs and try to get to know you or a record, um, how do you give them, give them the, you know, the D, the Devin Worley Band 101, what's the curriculum, what do you want them to start with, and, uh, and give them a little behind the music um, to make it even that much more interesting for them? Um, I would say start out with Tea Time for Thieves, our newest project. It's only an EP. It's... Only got, what, six songs on it? Five. Five. Five songs on it. And I would say start with that one because I personally think that that's the first project we've done where we can really clearly hear all of the band's influence on every single song. You know, when I first started the first projects that we did, I was just kind of along for the ride. I got to, like, sit in the passenger seat and be like, ooh, I kind of like that. Ooh, I like that one. Okay, we're not taking that road? All right, all right, cool. No, this one seems fine. Like, I didn't have as much say the Sunrise Resistance. I had a lot more say, a lot more writing involved. We all worked together a lot more, but I think... And it was, and that was also <laughs> the first one, you know, Grant was yeah. relatively new in the band at that yeah. time, and, and we called Grant the game changer um, because basically... The game changer. The game, game changer. Yeah. Which one's the game changer? Yeah. Right right. He wow. is an absolutely phenomenal drummer. He's insane. And he Don't hits so damn hard, and I love it. Well, and I'm gonna, it's, I'm gonna see it tonight. But, uh, but Grant had only been in the band for probably, uh, what, seven months, Six, eight seven months? months yeah. But when we started, rec- yeah, maybe it was closer to a year, but when we started recording Sunrise, and there was a handful of the, of the songs that were written basically before he even got into the band. So Tea Time, Devin's right. This is like with, you know, with everybody's, influ- everybody's influence on every song in on the whole, on the whole thing. And um, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a song where you can really hear that we finally settled into a sound where it doesn't matter what song you're listening to, if it's slower, if it's fast, it really sounds 
like us cohesively because we all got to have such a big hand in writing it and finishing it. We played pretty much all of the songs live for a year before we recorded, getting to know, like, what changes we wanted to make to it or, you know, what stuff we wanted to edit out. Those songs right there are a complete group project. It's different. That's that's really what's kind of cool about... um, about Tea Time versus Sunrise is there's, a, again, only a handful of songs on that record that we never played live before we recorded them. We literally went in the studio and created them and recorded recorded them. Apollo was one of them. We never played Apollo live before before we recorded it. We never played Open Road live. We Then there's probably a couple more. We never that played I'm, Suicide Cell live. We never played Suicide Cell live before we recorded it. And there's probably one or two more on there. <clears throat> um, but Tea Time, we played every song live. And when you do that, you get a, you get one, you get a, a feel for the audience and how they react, which, you know, is cool. And two, you get to morph it into something that works a little better. Like Witch Hunt is a song that um, it, it's the last song on on the EP. And boy, by playing that live, we just we did some things and moved that around mm-hmm. from the original like demo version of it. Um, that turned out to be really cool when we got in the studio. They don't so. sound like the same song at all, but they do sound like us mm-hmm. as a group, yep. which is really fun. That's great. I was listening to, uh, this is the older record, but there's this little section in that song, Hook, where I think what you're doing is like, it's like you visit the world of maybe being hooked or being on drugs, that little bridge where it's like this. <laughs> the you trippy go to bridge? The, yeah, you go to like the, the It's a Small World After All ride. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but I was like, kind of scary is, and in slow motion. That section of the song is like fruit stripe gum. It was just like all the flavor. <laughs> For you know, fifteen <laughs> seconds. It's it's so cool. I um, yeah, I'm so excited to see where you guys go and we hopefully get out of the garage and into the world and get on stages and uh, shoulder to shoulder before 2029 or whatever the latest is. But um, I will be watching. Don't put that out into the air. Don't put that out into the universe. There'll be some. There'll be some positive vibes only, please. And do you promise that when we're back and you're opening for Lucas Nelson and the whole world is happy and you're in a terrible market somewhere where you have nobody else asking? Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> I tell you, you, you think worst. you're in Iowa. <laughs> they tell me I'm in Iowa. It turns out I'm in Nebraska. Damn it. We're really we also did luck. get locked inside of our own bus in Nebraska. That's another story. But hypothetically, if, That's two, a, yeah. if two gentlemen were to call you when you had a, your second or third date in Nebraska and say, hey, we're in town, um, you know, maybe we hang out and, you know, Smoke a bowl with Willie and Lucas, and maybe is that yes. is that you're saying yep. on the record? That's the answer okay? is yes. Mom, is that okay? Mm-hmm. All right. I think don't ask her. Garage. She's the yes. queen of everything. Everybody's about up, everybody's thumbs up in the garage mahal yes right everything. now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we got it. That's a wrap. Uh, thank you so much, Devin Worley Band. Check them out. We'll put some of their tracks on here. This is Kenya. Keep a secret. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I cannot keep a secret. That was fun.